Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. All right, Rex, well, uh, fantastic to have you back on the Champions Forum and uh, to reconnect. It's been a little while, but uh, we've known each other now, I think, for uh, over 30 years your house, uh, Dad, and you are not aging one bit. <laughs> Look at all that grey in my beard. <laughs> I think you've had it painted on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some days I truly feel my age, but other days I feel Tell um, me about it. I feel uh, intellectually and you know uh, as a, I do, you know, in terms of my intelligence and my appetite for hard work and so on, as if I'm still in my twenties. But my wow. body, my body is definitely telling me that I'm 52 years old now. That's for sure. Whereas uh, that's good. Uh, you're looking very fit, uh, Rex, uh, and I know that you run. Thank up you. And down, you're running up and down Mount Coolum still. Yeah, yeah, uh, voraciously like a goat, and uh, I even take a skipping rope with me. Really? Yeah, uh, and so yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm also feeling youthful. Right. I'm turning turning 66 this Ooh, month, right. next couple of weeks. So oh, yeah, really? feeling feeling awesome. Oh well, that's good. So look, uh, uh, for those people who you know are unfamiliar with Rex's backstory, you can go and listen to my previous podcast with Rex. But uh, I'm more interested in just sort of starting off with you know what are you up to now? Uh, what kind of interesting things are you doing in your professional life? Yeah, thanks for asking. I uh, my professional life is like a, it merges with my with my me everywhere I go. So uh, I I'm going to talk about it in that sense of being uh, wonderful and uh, incredibly curious as to um, as to watching people get great results over the years, which has been my passion, and watching them get into trouble, get in, getting into stories, and I find that is always caught up with the way they're thinking. And uh, so for me, my love affair has been, been uh, walking beside them, getting involved, getting associated, going down the rabbit hole with them. Uh, and uh, these days, uh, I mean, that's evolved through many manifestations mm-hmm. and ways of doing it and methodologies. Um, and right through to now where, um, where I'm in heaven. So noticing the capacity um, of the human brain um, I'm even more convinced that it's an unlimited mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, man, I uh, so I brought these new areas in, um, which maybe we could play with as we talk, uh, into my world, into my methodologies, and finding people breaking through what they thought was their limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what uh, I mentioned that a lot of those people are in business, but uh, yeah. are they generally? Yeah business owners or CEOs or are they uh, uh, working for others or what, what's, what's typical? The majority of, of our clientele are business owners mm-hmm. and executives um, 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 and in all sizes of businesses. Um, I love the entrepreneurial world um, and um, I love the people that have got the courage to to go to the top 
of whatever it is they're doing mm-hmm. uh, because it, it takes an enormous amount of uh, courage um, and a combination of foolishness uh, and edginess to go and be in those positions. So I, they're, they're my favourite clientele, uh-huh. uh, are leaders. Right. And, and when they initially sort of show up, you know, why are they showing up? Is there a common theme or uh, how do they come to be sitting in front of you and what, what's their initial motivation for sitting in front of you? You know, um, there is an essential uh, one, but I think most of them would tie into it, which is I'm somehow in my way. Right. Uh, or I'm going for it. I might be doing extremely well or we're stuck in something. Mm-hmm. It's like a groundhog day or I'm comfortably numb. Something's not right. Um, something's not right. Combined with there's got to be more than this. Um, and I, I need a new mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that, yeah. Yeah, but your, your <clears throat> reputation and, and the way that you work is very different to what somebody would, you know, refer to as a typical business coach or, you know, uh, uh, life coach you because of um, you're taking a very different approach to how you're working with people. And uh, it's a very different framework, isn't it? Yeah, I guess uh, different. When you say different, different than what formal mentoring, coaching, psychology, yeah, um, change. Yeah. You know, yeah. if somebody said, a business owner said, I, you know, I, I've reached a point where I've, I've either I'm in crisis with my business or I've sort of hit a brick wall in terms. They could go to a more typical business coach, of which we know many. Yeah. But if, but if they're coming to you, it's not like you're sitting down and saying, well, let's look at your P&L and... Uh, no. Da, 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 da. Right. No, I can't read them. Um <laughs> I remember being in a, uh, in a boardroom uh, with people I think you would know, and they were very focused on financials, mm. and they were bringing out all these sheets with numbers, and, um, and they said, pull out this, pull out that, and I sit down looking at it, and everyone's intended. I'm looking around the room at all these people looking and nodding, and I'm looking, and then I notice that it's upside down. so it's not my it's not my way of understanding the world right so so uh tell us about your way of understanding the world and how that uh translates into the work that you do with business owners and senior executives yeah okay what i find um is that the biggest obstacle people meet is uh, the structure of the way they're thinking about a given thing, a mm-hmm. moment, an obstacle, a thing. Um, and um, that moving that to another perspective, which is great idealistically, <clears throat> allows them to see another perspective. And that's, and everyone knows those metaphors. Um, but you can't change someone's structure of thinking at the conscious, logical, analytical level, I've found. Mm-hmm. They can even agree at that level intellectually that they, that, that, that they are doing this limiting strategy of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's habituated because that's the way the human brain works. And so to change it, you've got to go somewhere else. So I find a lot of workshops, a lot of trainers, a lot of 
people who are doing work in consulting are trying to affect change at the logical informational level. Mm -hmm. And they get agreement and they might even get excited and there might even be change through effort for a brief period. But once life gets hold of us and pulls us back into the incredible uh, matrix of the busy, noisy, everyday environment, especially for leadership, they get pulled back into the old story and behavior and can't find their way back out. So it's like finding a person in a labyrinth and saying, how long have you been here? And they say, I don't know anymore. So for me, what I, what became glaringly obvious for me, even back in days of studying psych was that, um, was that you weren't going to get a lot of change in, in those methodologies. So I started looking elsewhere. And, and so that sort of went through the beautiful world of NLP. Mm -hmm. And then went into um, um, a whole lot of other modalities. Um, but what I've, what I've noticed is uh, the, the, my work now and in terms of getting change needs to grab the attention of the person and pull them from their view of the obstacle as external. So my business is doing this, the marketplace is doing this, COVID's doing this, my partners are doing this or not mm -hmm. doing this, or I've been ripped off or I can't trust or my marriage is crap and it's all external. Mm. Um, and then yeah, we yeah, go, yeah. well, yeah, that's it, Richard. Sorry. Right. So uh, w when I'm talking in my champions forums, uh, it sounds like we're talking about the same thing I talk about from more of a, a victim orientation, not yeah. in that the world is persecuting me and everybody hates me, but more, I have a preferred reality, but I can't achieve that preferred reality because of circumstances outside of my control. You know, looking at these external uh, reasons for not being able to achieve what somebody would actually love. Yeah, okay. Where is your, uh, is that what you're saying also? You know, they're seeing all this stuff out there rather than it looking it in here. Yeah. Right. So, um, a metaphor that I love is that everything's created, uh, everything in the, in the manifest world, our structured world, uh, from the realm of imagination. Mm -hmm. So if you track back anything material sitting around you, be it a phone, a camera, a computer, a car, headphones, um, and you track back to its origin, any of those things you'll find it comes back to where it was thought about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was imagined into reality. It can't exist without having been imagined first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the structure that is what we're seeing that's difficult for us to get to our full potential at times or to our happiness, love, abundance, flow, um, <clears throat> is the structure of how we're seeing it is also imagined and created into a structure of thinking which appears real. Mm. Whereas it's, in fact, just a story. It's just a story. Mm. And one of the most powerful metaphors that I'm totally in love with over the last few years and even more so now is the world of, of breath work, free diving. Um, and uh, well, if you talk to guys like um, Stig Severinsten, who is a world champion four times free diver mm -hmm. who can hold his breath for 22 minutes or so, mm -hmm. 
if you, if you look at Wim Hof with his Iceman gigs, which Stig does as well, these guys will say, and Stig's into breath holding. And he does a lot of work with PTSD, with, with veterans coming back from war zones. Mm-hmm. And what he finds is, that, and, and you'll recognise that when you hold your breath, there's a point where you really start to get anxiety and saying, I've got to take a breath, I've got to take a breath. And, and, uh, and people underwater obviously get that because they can't breathe under there until they get to the surface. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if they're too far down, there's, there's going to be a problem. But what Stig and those guys have discovered is that you can increase your emergency button to wait and wait and wait and then go through like a wall through like a story and you realize that a lot of people realize that the idea that they were going to die or suffocate or drown or not get enough air was not true. Mm. Um, Wim Hof proves that with, 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 they injected him with a virus and he used breathing techniques and they said, yeah, okay. And he didn't take on the virus, but then they said, oh, you're a freak. And they said the same thing to Steve. So then um, Wim says, I'll get a group of people. Mm. Just everyday people. And of course does that. And then they are all the same. So there's this, so the metaphor for me describes what my work does. So if I take someone in a CEO role or an ownership of the business role and they're in a story, it's usually a story that says, I can't go anymore. I can't get past this. This is impossible. It's too hard. I'm stuck with an environment that won't change. And it's the same. And then taking them through that and showing that they can actually they are more powerful than they ever imagined. So what's a, what's a practical um, example of that? Uh, perhaps with somebody that you've been working with and, and they've been able to get that level of insight and as a result of getting that, you know, what the fundamental sort of changes to how they're perceiving and running their business. So an example of somebody who's practice some of these strategies that I'm working with. Well, somebody comes to you and they go, you know, uh, there are all these circumstances outside of my control uh, that are causing me a lot of pain. And through uh, assisting them to, uh, what I can't remember the exact term you used, but to not hit the panic button, uh, they were able to shift So give us a sort of a quick example of um, somebody from where they came and started to, you know, where they ended up. Yeah, a really good example um, that comes to mind. And I have to be vague for confidentiality reasons. Um, So excuse the vagueness. Um, There's an example of a guy that grew up, uh, he and his beautiful wife grew up in a, in a, um, um, a lower socioeconomic environment. So struggled with money. Um, the information in, in their world was, um, was limited to the thinking of that world. But he had an itch. There was something that, that he wanted, what was happening on the other side of the railway line. And uh, so he went for it. And he was working as a tradesman, which is fantastic, in a very uh, creative trade. Uh, and uh, he got paid his wage, but he broke free and said, I'm going to start my own. So he went out on his own, 
and started a business and started to grow it. And, uh, and, and of course, he was stretched because that's what happens when you do that. Because you start to get busy and then you start to need people. So when he came to me and, well, when you need people, you need to train them. And when you need to train them, you need to know how to communicate. And when you need, and on and on and on. And then you need to know how to do all sorts of stuff. And then what appeared like just a normal job, I'm working with a welding torch, for example, becomes you have to think about business strategies and structures. And as you said, uh, um, profit and loss sheets and so on. So he started to get stressed and started to panic and started to worry and things. He, got, he kept getting to what I call glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. So he came and saw me and we had a really good look at, at his story. And, when you're, and it's funny because when I talk to him these days, um, and he's absolutely successful and flying in so many ways, he, he would look back at the idea of him coming to me and just, and just smile and go, I can't believe that I believe that. So he... Um, started to recognize the patterns of his idea that he would get to a certain point, but his ideas and beliefs were learned from that previous lower socioeconomic world. Mm -hmm. So under pressure, because we go into the limbic fight flight adrenal system, which is a survival lizard brain, we go back to our habituated strategy. So under pressure, people go back and he would go back to his original thinking and find himself in the same place, Groundhog Day. So what happened was he finally achieved, and it was the most beautiful thing, um, where he felt that he wanted to take his family on, on his first overseas trip to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And he went over there and some problems started turning up here. Right. Because he hadn't learned how to let go. Mm-hmm. And the whole holiday went, he'd spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the holiday was a mess and his family was unhappy and there was a lot of tears and he was on the phone all the time. And he cut the holiday short and came back. And, uh, of course, um, uh, it was uh, very messy. So he wanted to pull out. He wanted to just give up or one of the strategies that he used, but I've heard a million times was what we'll do is we'll, we'll downsize a little, we'll shrink our business to where it was like the good old days mm. and, uh, or shut it down, get out of it and go back and get a job and have an easy life. And so all of that, he realized with our work um, that he was creating all of that through the way his, his brain was trained to think. Um, and I just want to grab that point for anybody uh, who might experience this, is under pressure, and we're an adrenally overloaded culture. So we operate in adrenal overload, fight, flight as a system. It's the, it's the um, um, well, the autonomic system, is a uh, is broken into the adrenal fight flight part and then the calm brain that digestive system works in and it's very peaceful um but um what happens is under pressure because we're the part of the brain says we've got to survive this it's a death experience or we not might not get through it turns on all of that survival stuff and doesn't engage the new brain the rational brain mm. so whatever we've learned by growing up we go back to those strategies and we can't help it. We just do it instinctively. And we also shallow breathe. So we go into hyper-anxiety, shallow breath, uh, panic attacks. All of that stuff starts to happen. And we can't think. 
So what we did is we started working with some breathing strategies and also him recognizing that he was doing this. And then starting to undo the way he thought about it and reframed it so that by the time, if you look at him now, if you had a conversation with him now, um, his business is in the multi-millions. Um, he's got a world that has moved from choice. Um, he's happy. Uh, and um, he understands that he can create it to wherever he wants to take it and that he's at cause. Mm. And that when something happens, which is a part of leading that is difficult and possible, the new face on a mountain or a, because that's what we are, growth-oriented people are leaders, um, is we're going to meet those new places. Is when we meet that, we learn to manage our state with me through breathing techniques and thinking techniques and learning to be still in the storm. And then we look at it and when we bring ourselves to the problem, we're in a state of, of, uh, of objectivity, proactivity. It's, so uh, I can tell you a million of those stories. Mm. Um, um, and the only time that I see someone struggle and not get there is when they refuse. They resist. To change, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, um, I've worked with Rex. Uh, Rex has coached me. We've been friends for many, many years. And, uh, and so just thinking about some of the people that may be listening to this, uh, you know, this guy that you're referring to, you know, through probably looking at his parents as a young child and how they viewed the world, he took on their beliefs about, you know, this lower socioeconomic beliefs, and that was impacting his ability to uh, to take his business to the full potential. Okay, but yeah. it'd be fair to say, um, I'm sure you'd agree, Rex. Everybody has patterns, don't they? You know, so if somebody listens to them, they go, "Well, I didn't grow up in a lower socioeconomic, so this doesn't really relate to me." Yeah. Um, we all have our own patterns our own, what um, I would call wounding. Would you agree? Yes, everybody uh, grows up. I mean, you cannot think without a strategy or a structure of thinking. You learn it, you learn it. Um, for us, there are four foundations, um, but, and one of them is beliefs. And the structure of thinking is an incredible place. Mm -hmm. So you can listen to someone, if you ask somebody, of course, when they come into the context of me or you might get it in recruitment where, you, where, you know, where you're doing um, somebody's looking at a career change or, or a position shift. And you say, what's going on? Where have you been? What are you doing? What's the world like for you? Mm. What do you really want? And as you listen to them tell a story, you'll hear the shape of the structure of their beliefs. Yeah. Every yep. time. Yeah. And yet most people are unconscious as to their beliefs. Totally. They're, they have patterns that are driving. They think oh, I'm making all these choices at a conscious level. Yes. But, but it's actually a subconscious uh, or an unconscious pattern that they're not even aware that they have, which is driving behavior. And it's, so there's, it takes some work to get people to go, wow, I'm actually doing that thing. It's, yeah. it's actually me doing that. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I interviewed Colin Clark for this podcast ah, uh, recently, who we both know. And uh, he said, um, 
the mirror is the truth, right? So if you say, I want to be healthy, wealthy and wise, you know, what you see in the mirror is actually what's really going on. So if you're not getting what you want, it's, it, it becomes obvious that there is something that is inhibiting you from achieving your full potential. And it takes, um, and this is a very masculine metaphor, it takes huge kahunas to, to, look, to look in the mirror and stay looking in the mirror. People will get a glimpse and turn away or create such distraction in their lives not to look. Mm. Um, but they'll say, no, I, I, I'm very, very prepared to look at myself. But as mm. soon as we start to look, um, then it becomes quite trepidatious. Mm. So it's a brave territory. I call it warrior school. But, uh, one of the, it's, but when you watch someone stay the journey and walk in and look at themselves and say, you know what, I need to change some stuff. Um, it's breathtakingly beautiful to watch. Mm. And so when I look at clients that I'm blessed to work with who are in extraordinary performance, uh, they still come and tweak. Mm. They'll go, I haven't seen you for a while, let's have a talk. And I'll go, awesome, what's going on? And they'll say, okay, I've taken it to here. I've climbed Everest. And you know what? I've had a bit of a rest, but I need to go. So for me to, they know, they go, for me to do that, for me to go to the next place, I need to change some stuff about myself. Can you go to work on me, please? Mm. That is a brilliant space to watch. Mm. And, I, and I watch great leaders who are prepared to go, I need to change for my space to change, for my mm. world to change. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is quite interesting that uh, we watch, uh, say, a tennis professional Yes. You know, who has a, a, a tennis coach and a fitness coach and a diet coach and, uh, yeah. and you know, an actor has a speaking coach and an acting coach and so on. But in business, there's still this, you know, resistance. If I have a coach, that means that I'm deficient, right? Rather yeah. than yeah. I take on a coach or a number of coaches. I mean, I currently work with three different coaches, uh, all of whom bring something different to me. Um, I mean, it's about performing optimally, isn't it? And so Rex, um, uh, let's get into the breast stuff because uh, Ah. you're you're excited about it. I've kind of dabbled in it. There's a a bit of, you know, noise about it out there in the market. (coughs) So, you know, uh, tell us um, more about how that works and, and the sort of, the benefits that you're seeing come to your own life and, and those people you're working with from that. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a snippet because it's a huge rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> and it's um, breathtaking. The, <laughs> the, um, the thing that I'll give you a, 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 an example of being in a, in, a, in a space where we're working with a client uh, with what we call breath work. And uh, if I'm walking around the room or working with one person with my guy that does all the breathing, um, he'll take them through where he says breathe in a particular way. And they'll breathe. And, and, and as they breathe, you start to watch tension in their body. Um, and as he takes them into a more intense breath routine, um, Often you'll see people's shoulders go tight or they're breathing just from their chest and he's going, just breathe from your tummy, breathe from your tummy. And their hands clam up or they start to feel quite panicked. Mm. So 
when you look at that through the world of breath, the, the tension in the body and the breath is the same as the story in their head. Mm -hmm. The structure of thinking is connected to the breath. So if someone gets frightened by a shock, they'll, they'll immediately go, <gasps> they'll hold their breath. If, they, if, they, if they're shocked, they'll shallow breathe and, and hyperventilate. So, so in breath work, um, taking people in through their breath takes them in deeper and deeper into the way they're holding emotion, the way they're holding beliefs. Uh, and that's both physiological through the posture because we hold, you can always tell somebody walking along the road who's having a shit day. You know, their shoulders are slumped in there. And you can say, well, their body is, rep their, their physiology is representing what's going on. You can see it. You can see someone who's having a, a brilliant day and they're sort of bouncing along. But you'll also see it in the way they breathe. So in breath work, you can start to recognize through that metaphor, just through the breath alone, you can work people through to breathe through the obstacle of the emotional distress and or unconscious stress. You mentioned they don't know that they've got a, a thinking strategy that is actually resistant to what they really want. But through breath, you can't hide it. It's like a mirror. Mm. It's wonderful. So as, they, as, the, as the strategy safely, because you can't really get into trouble. I mean, breathing's not dangerous. Mm. You know, so, you know, don't go home and breathe, man. Like, don't do this. <laughs> you know, you know, so so uh, through the breath, what I'm finding, uh, working more and more and more and bringing it more and more and more into the work with my clients, both high achievers and those that are stuck in a, in a position, they're stuck in a holding pattern, is they can, with the combination of our languaging mm -hmm. and the work we do with the way they think and combine with breathing, we are finding unbelievable shifts in people mm. a lot quicker than we ever have. So for wow. me, it's fantastic. It's quicker than it ever was. Well, that's really interesting, Rex. I'll tell you about an experience. You know, I've done uh, uh, quite a number of 10-day Vipassana retreats, right? You have and, indeed. And, and, uh, and the idea of a Vipassana retreat is you observe the breath without judgment. Yes. And then, so, and then when I went and did a breath workshop, and they were telling in this workshop, we were doing, I, I can't recall exactly, but you do a, a period of, you know, a type of breathing and then you try a different type of breathing and then you, and they were kind of coaching you. Okay. Now we want you to breathe like this and so on and so forth. I had this resistance because it was like, you know, I've learned to observe the breath and now you're asking me to, to, right. um, to modify the breath. Um, but once I actually, you know, uh, followed the instructions, um, the, the just euphoria and just oh, absolute yeah. joy and, uh, just amazing sense of just peace and serenity was incredible. Right. So, you know, and then other, uh, you know, for example, uh, you often read in some, um, metaphysical type books, you know, that, you are being breathed, right? We think we are doing the breathing, but in fact, we are being breathed, yes. right? And so it sounds a little bit contradictory. How do you how do you sort of get around the contradiction between, you know, those three sort of different perspectives? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, great question. In breath work, um, 
there are two dimensions. You can breathe with awareness, which is what you're saying in Vipassana or meditation is to witness, watch, and be aware of your breathing. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing there is if you do it with, with, that, with concentration, you can't think. You can't think and breathe with awareness. So watch the breath. That's one dimension. And you can also breathe consciously, which means you can control the breath. So yes, we are breathed. And how amazing is that? We're breathing prana, chi, life force. Um, it's got it's just a magical realm. And we can witness it and be in awe. We can consciously use techniques to breathe and take ourselves through stories, through beliefs, through thinking to where there's none, where we completely let go and go into bliss. And some would say enlightenment, nirvana, and get into that pathway of spirituality. But I know this, Richard, and it's, it's, it's a technique that I learned reading uh, Dan Brulé's work, who's spent 40, 50 years in the realm of breath work, working with special force guys and everybody in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so many different modalities and uh, really, really beautiful uh, character. And uh, Is he the guy that wrote that book, Breathing Fire or whatever it is? Or? I'm not sure about that, but he, I think he's got one called Breathe Me. Okay. Dan Brulé's... Uh, He's been around a long time in the whole thing. I think he breathes. Tony Robbins gets into him and a lot of people play with him mm -hmm. uh, in his workshops. Um, but he, um, he has a simple technique. And if you do this three times a day mm -hmm. for five minutes, when you wake up in the middle of the day, just before lunch, in other words, when you've had a busy morning and then at the end of the day after a big day. So it's, it's breathing. It's so simple. It's breathing into the count of five, like one, two, three, four, five, breathe out, count of five, breathe in for five minutes. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now, what happens is it takes us from, I mentioned earlier on the autonomic nervous system, which is the system that runs everything. It runs our digestive system, our, opti our visual cortex, auditory cortex, runs all of that, our breathing. Mm -hmm. The autonomic nervous system is broken into two dimensions, which is the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is the fight flight. Adrenal mm -hmm. gets us out of trouble. The parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system is the calm system. It actually is, is, is kicks in the digestion of food and the rational thinking brain and so on and so forth. Most people in our culture, only experience the, the parasympathetic nervous system during sleep. And even then our culture is so hyped up that people need help to sleep or they can't sleep. Mm -hmm. So the technique I've just mentioned, five in, five out, just that five minutes a day, three, sorry, five minutes, three times a day, takes you immediately, if you practice it every day, it builds a, a beautiful state of being able to be in the sympathetic nervous system and you're controlling it. And is it breathing through the nose or the mouth or? Great question. Um, preferably through the nose. Right. In and out. In and out. So count to five in, count to five out. Just for five minutes. Now, there are a lot of other techniques. 
that the shift in our state. So if you took at leaders, CEOs, they're going to make big decisions, walk into boardrooms, deal with some really, really big stuff. Mm. Uh, not easy, under enormous pressure sometimes. Um, that is a really cool methodology to prepare themselves into a state that's easy and effortless. And they can also, this is just for parents, teach kids the technique to calm down when they get a little hysterical. Right. Just breathe, do the breathing. Five in, five out. And you're not breathing to full capacity and breathing out to complete emptiness? You just you're just not forcing it. Just breathe normally. Breathe normally. Just easy and effortless, okay. like just an effortless breath in. For some people that haven't got a lot of exercise into, mm. their, into their breathing, so they might be short of breath, just, just make it a little less or just a little quicker. It's not a, like, once again, it's, the point is to be effortless. Mm. Uh, we do enough efforting. Mm. It, this is kind of leading me to, I know that you're under a little uh, time constraint here, so Rex, we might have to do an episode two shortly. But I um, love it. You know, it's interesting because I do this work in my champions forums with uh, now over 200 CEOs and managing directors every month. And uh, it's, you know, wow. just through getting, and I don't get into breath, but um, by just starting to put their attention on their preferred reality, without actually doing anything other than putting their attention there, amazing things just start to happen, right? And, it, you know, I've, again, I haven't used this breathing technique and uh, I'm keen to, uh, you know, be a guinea pig and, and do some more work with you, Rex. Uh, but um, it's almost as if uh, life just becomes... Um, much more easeful and much more uh, in flow, which was a word that you used uh, a lot earlier, yeah. just through starting to put attention on um, whether it's your breath or whether it's your preferred reality, you know, um, your, your state just means that things which seem almost incredible and impossible just start to uh, come to be. Yeah, how true. The, I mean, I'd like to cap by saying this. Um, I notice like a COVID is a classic example uh, and we have become, um, we being the Western culture predominantly, but the world culture has become very, the rules very bureaucratic. If you talk to financial planning people, banking people, if you talk to insurance people, you talk to the whole all professional sectors, the restrictions, the the qualifications, the rules, the the bureaucracies have become so tight. A lot of people are struggling. There, it's very anxiety provoking, and a, and, a ten, and and with COVID and all of that there is this sort of message that you aren't in control and what's going to happen next. And I'm sort of being pushed around and, you know, and I'm not free. And what we're talking about is, 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 is that's all, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word bullshit, but that's all bullshit. And one of the things with the breathing and with the world we teach is to free yourself from the talons of the illusion that you are controlled uh, by external world. And the truth is you are at cause. 
you cause it. And when you say, look at your preferred reality and you watch their breathing change, you'll start to notice that now that we've mentioned it, yeah. watch them calm down, watch them get happy, is that they're turning their brain onto where they want to play. And like little boys and girls where we played as kids, that is our natural state of creativity, play, being in the moment. And when we breathe and practice what we teach, people get to get back into the moment and be present. They can create incredible things, big worlds, big structures, but they can be present and playful and childlike mm. and healthy and happy and in flow at the same time. So the uh, very left brain you know, finance, engineering yes. type person uh, who's listening to this and going, oh, oh you know, what's no. this? I just want somebody to show me how do we make more sales and how do I get my team to take more responsibility and, you know, the... You know, Structure. The, yeah. So Give me a manual. Is there six steps? <laughs> so they, <laughs> perhaps if you're like that and you're listening to this, uh, uh, you know, Rex, paint a picture, I know you already have, but just, you know, of what is possible. When, um, when we are able to be present in the calm way with a structure of thinking that's in flow with our preferred reality, we are able to then put strategies, structures, financial uh, um, I guess, um, dynamics, everything in place in a business-like way, um, even more efficiently. We need to be calm to be able to implement great strategies. And businesses need strategy, need system, uh, need organisation. But in, hyper, in, in a hyper state of adrenal overload, we can't even do those properly. We're not even awake. We're not even present. We're operating in a level of panic. So for all of the, and we've got a lot of clients that are engineers, accountants, financial planners, medicos, uh, all, and then you go look and go, they know that they've got to calm down, like shh, to get into a state, just like an, you mentioned earlier on, Richard, an athlete. Mm -hmm. Elite athletes know they have to be able to be still. They come into state before they go into an event. They have to calm down. Everybody knows they have to breathe, you know, and just get into get into the into the sweatshop, into the change room, and they all go quiet. And then they go, okay, ready. Then they go out and implement strategy that they've practiced and systems. But if they're not calm, if they're not centered, if they're not in their preferred state, they're going to go out there and bumble around with the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, look, Rex, uh, I know we need to wind it up because you've... Uh, Please uh, forgive me. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, we will definitely have uh, uh, an opportunity to do this more regularly. So uh, for people who are keen to perhaps learn a little bit more about you and what you do and, uh, and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Our best way is to... Um, is to call... Well, go to mindmatters.me mm -hmm. as a website. Um, or to contact my feisty and brilliant organising person, Rhonda, uh, Rhonda Ward, um, um, at uh, Rhonda at mindmatters.me. Great. That is the easiest way. Or Rex at mindmatters.me. Um, it's all mindmatters.me. You'll find our world. 
Well, we will put uh, those links in the show notes. So, uh, Rex, uh, that's been a fantastic conversation. I think we could have kept going for hours. And uh, I'm sure... Well, oh, 30 uh, more years. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, look, it's an uh, honour to see you, Richard. And thank you for, for, for giving me the space to have a oh, fun and play and a chat, as we love doing. Well, I'm surprised. You're normally a very naughty man, but you weren't very naughty today. Uh, Wasn't you've I? Been, I oh. you've, you've been on your best behaviour. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm learning to grow up. Well, um, that's, you look a little bit like Indiana Jones at the moment uh, with your Indiana thanks. Jones hat on. So Do you like it? It's I great, it. isn't it? I yeah, mean, thanks, mate. We might have to include a photograph with you. Uh, with your, <laughs> yes. Your uh, earbuds and your squad squad shirt on. My squad uh, shirt. I am, I am a happy man. Well, that's excellent. So thanks, Rex. Uh, have a great afternoon, and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Richard. Brilliant to see you. You too. Thank you for joining us on the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like a free copy of Richard Triggs' book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, How to Find and Win Your Next Senior Executive Role, please visit uncovertheHiddenJobMarket.com to register your details. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network.